three, two, one, and we are rolling. Jesse, how are you, my friend? Dude, I am doing really good. It's been a crazy, hectic day, but it's kind of nice to just be able to sit back and uh, and chat. And chat, yeah. I'm super happy uh, you uh, you decided to jump on the podcast. Um, I've known of your channel for a little while now, uh, but one one event happened where I'm like, okay, I need to ask him to jump on, and it's when you and I had the opportunity to. Um, to collaborate with on John John, <laughs> Kelly's, yes. John Kelly's video, and I just couldn't stop laughing at your <laughs> at your sketch there, where you're just like, okay, stay in shape. All I do is I pack my bag and I unpack it and I repack it, and it's I me and my wife were just like pissing ourselves laughing. It was just too funny. <laughs> yeah, man, that was it was really funny because we were there was that group message going on. And right away, I had just seen that whole like, take your shirt off and put your shirt back on upside down viral thing that was going around. I don't know if you saw it, but like a bunch oh, of the there's yeah, the fitness guys were doing it. I, I, it's so funny. I didn't even connect the two together. That makes it even funnier. Yes, that's what I had just seen. So when John Kelly asked, like, what's a goofy way that you could stay in shape kind of thing, I literally typed in a dibs the upside down backpacking challenge. And I knew I was going to just make it super, like, tongue in cheek and corny. And it was, and it turned out, I just felt like it was just perfect like it was you know how sometimes you do something and you're like oh that was not as good as I thought it was going to be in my head and then other times you're like that is exactly what I envisioned in my head and it's perfect that, that's because it was so perfect and simple like my I overthought mine way too much I had music at the back and everything and then I look at yours I'm like yes Jesse for the win dude simple plain to the point I was <laughs> your kids man I love getting love that you got your kids in there and the chocolate bars it was it was good <laughs> yeah, it was pretty fun uh, I can't complain so um I believe you're out in in Alberta right I am I am whereabouts I'm in Edmonton um I okay, was well, so sorry oh, so you... that's not true I just moved right outside of Edmonton there's this like posh hoity-toity suburb and they're all like where we live in St. Albert, and uh, I just moved there. I'm a ghetto kid. I grew up in the ghetto, but I moved here because it's close to work, and so now I have to... No, I live in St. Albert. <laughs> That's funny, St. Albert. Uh, how close is that? My um, my sister... So I'm, I'm from the Ottawa region, but really in Gatineau, which is across yeah. the river on the Quebec side. Gotcha. And... Um, and uh, but my when my parents got married, they decided to go live out west for a while, and they ended up in Saint Paul, Alberta, which it's not that far from where. No, you're it's at. not. It's it's. I think it's north. Yeah, it's north. It's it's pretty level when because when I when I because I went back there about 10, 12 years ago. Yeah, I drove the country, and then oh, wow. it's kind of I hit Saint Paul, and then I hit Edmonton. Gotcha. Right, That's... so so it's pretty close. Uh, my my sister is born out there. Oh, and uh, it's cool. It's a cool little place. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I can't complain. But I didn't know how far how close Saint Albert might be. Or oh, it's like it's like right. It's literally like Edmonton, Saint Albert. That's why I think it's ridiculous okay, so you're when just... these people are like, "No, I don't live in Edmonton." Like literally, the two connect. <laughs> like <laughs> it's like, and I. That's so funny. And I had uh, Matty Outdoors last week on the podcast. Yeah. And uh, he is a diehard, first of all, great guy. Yes. I really had a blast getting to know yeah, him. Yeah, he's awesome. Uh, but um, 
he is a diehard fan of the Hoilers. Where do you stand on the whole Calgary Edmonton thing? Uh, okay, first of all, <laughs> to a Calgarian's face, I will tell them to a Cal- that I hate them. But that's really – I just told somebody recently. They reached out to me, and and I was like, oh, you're a Calgarian, you know. But then I was like, really, I'm just jealous. Because the thing with Edmonton and Calgary is Edmonton – Calgary is like an hour away from the mountains. And, of course, like all my adventures, all my, my backpacking is all in the mountains. And uh, Edmonton – to get to, you know, a decent trailhead, you're at least three, and that's even, like, that's, those aren't decent trailheads. You're, like, four to five hours out from a really decent trailhead. Mm. And uh, so I just, I wish I lived in Calgary. It would make mountain adventures so much easier. <laughs> but, no, I, um, you know, Edmonton is, I love, I love my city. I love it because it's where I was raised. I love the people. I love the yeah. the atmosphere. West Edmonton. Yeah, oh yeah, there you go. But I mean, I would move in a heartbeat. <laughs> so, so, so you're born and raised in born Edmonton. Born and raised now. in Edmonton. And um, yeah, you know, I love my city, but I there's there's greener pastures, baby. <laughs> I guess so. And you said you moved uh, for work. Uh, what do you do for for Yeah, I actually work at it. Outside of YouTube. Outside, outside on, <laughs> but they usually call that moonlighting, but it's really daylighting for us because moonlighting <laughs> is our YouTube thing. I moonlight as a YouTuber. Um, I daylight as a, as a, I'm actually in a church. I'm a, I work at a church. I'm a church custodian. I'm trained to be a pastor. Okay. I, I work and involved in ministry and all sorts of things there. So that's yeah. pretty cool. And do you guys ever do any kind of like, uh, uh, what do you call that? Um, pilgrims hikes or like outings with the kids or, or youth or anything like yeah, that yeah I've, I've never we don't do like hikes we've done some young adults hikes and stuff i actually lead the men's ministry there so i've i've actually thought about doing a really cool men's event taking some guys up um because for me I'll, I'll hike up a mountain no problem but there's a lot of people who have never done that and i thought it would be yeah, a really yeah. cool experience and even a, a spiritual experience to take some guys oh, up yeah. They're for, push through those limits and and kind of reach the next level. So I'd love to do some things like that. Um, yeah, that's that's about. We do a kids camp, but it's not really like a a bush camp. Yeah. It's just at a retreat center, right? So <laughs> it's it's true, man. I don't care what alliance you kind of attach yourself with, whether it's you know uh, the Catholic Church or any church at all or anything like this. A, real hard intense backpacking trip or backcountry trip is a spiritual adventure if you allow it to be you know what i mean you really have to be open-minded to allow it to be but if you do just open up yourself to the beauty of the world out in the backcountry it is such a it has such profound effects and healing effects in my opinion one of the craziest thing and 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 uh, something I wanted to talk to you about from from your your channel, you're fairly new into winter backpacking. Yes, yes, correct? yeah. For me, I've been winter backpacking is like the only time oh. I backpack. That's that's when I want to go out because it's just so rugged. But also, a lot of people ask me, why do you keep going out? And it's like, if you're lucky, every like ten peaks you're gonna do. Because I, I peak bag like the Adirondacks. That's really what I do for, oh, for backpacking awesome. around here where I'm from. And um, every like five to ten peaks, you're going to get that perfect yeah. day. Blue sky, 
no wind. You're going to get to the top mountain where you feel like you're on top of the world, above tree line, 360 view. That makes view, it all worth it. And there is, there is literally no sound. Yeah. Like, like, you know, the, the deafening silence of a winter backpacking oh. trip. And if you just take the time to meditate, if you're into that, or to a quick little prayer, or just to go inside a little bit, man, that feels yeah. good. Like, that is just the feeling I'm constantly chasing when I go out in yeah. the mountains. Yeah, no, I uh, I totally agree. And I was, I was actually reflecting on this literally yesterday in, in a prayer time. And I was thinking about, for me this idea of what mountains and these adventures are, it's this blend. This, what, what makes it so spiritual, I think, even, even if you're not a spiritual person, is it's this blend of you feel so, you're reminded of how small you are. And yet at the same moment, you can see how, how great of accomplishments you can achieve. You know, you're, you, you stand on this mountain, you think I'm nothing compared to these massive yeah. things. And yet, look what I can do when I put my mind to it. And, you know, I, I think that's a statement even for humanity as a whole in the world that we're just one part of this massive cosmos, but we can do something mm -hmm. so big when we set our minds to it and when we, we reach out to other people, when we have conversations even like this, put things on YouTube. Um, it really yeah. is, it's an impact. It's, that is so true, man. It's, uh, I love the analogy of, of standing on top of the world, mm -hmm. you being so small, but you still accomplishing so much. Yeah. I, uh, it's the first time I actually think of it like that. That's a really cool reflection. And uh, it does goes to show how much every actions that we have and we carry out in this world yeah. has impacts, really. When you, when you take people that does like crazy, I mean, like you and I, we just, we just hike kids mountains yeah. really compared to like the real mountaineers of the himalayas yeah. but the reality is that uh you know it's you know human beings can adapt yeah. they can do all these things they they do have a lot of impact in the world and uh, that's one of the major reasons like indirectly now you're bringing like kind of a new vocabulary mm -hmm. to the way i look at it which i really really like i really like that analogy but a major reason why i love to bring my kids and i bring them out is to and I have been since they're two and a half, three and a half years old in different scenarios. And it's like just to hopefully give them that sense of of how important our actions yeah. are. And, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, saving the planet and, and, and being responsible with that. But to me, it's like, how can a child have any concept of what it means to save the planet if they've never seen the beauty that it has yeah. to offer, right? And... Um, that's that's a really cool way to put it that you that you brought that you brought. I um, I'm gonna have to to reflect on that. As yeah, well, no, actually. it's just it's just personal <laughs> reflection. I mean, even you bring up the whole idea of the real mountaineers and and whatnot. I mean, I'll just share a little bit of a story of somebody who's dear to my heart. I know a gentleman. Uh, his name's Leo Naiman, and he suffered a major heart attack. They, I'm pretty sure this is the heart attack they call the Widowmaker, but it's like most people who get this heart attack die. And this was just last year. And he had planned okay. to climb Mount Everest uh, this past year wow. in March, just before the COVID. He's still planning on hopefully doing it in September. Um, total recovery from the heart attack, pushed past it. Um, he's been, he has been a mountaineer for ages, but now he's joined the Canadian Heart and Stroke Foundation. And he's raising money for women's and, and children's heart research. And it's wow. just crazy. Like I knew he, like, he had talked about this heart attack he had had. 
But then one day he said, he was like, oh yeah, you know, it's been a year. And I was like, a year, wait, you had that heart attack a year ago <laughs> and you're heading to climb Mount Everest in like two months. Wow. And, uh, but again, just like one person, but raising hundreds of thousands yeah. of dollars, raising tons of awareness, not just wow. to climb Mount Everest so he can check it off his, his bucket list, mm -hmm. but risking, risking his, his life, life to impact the next yeah. generation and, and the science of, yeah. of, of heart attacks. It's, it's crazy. That is pretty cool. That is yeah. really, really cool. Um, what got you, uh, what made you decide to take your first sleep to, uh, to, sorry, to take the leap to go on your first winter backpacking trip? Oh man, trip? and it's interesting that you said that you love winter backpacking because yeah, I even say in my winter backpacking videos, like if you would have asked me three years ago if I'd ever do this, I would have laughed in your face and I would have. I hate <laughs> being cold. Um, but now I, I actually, like you, I look forward to winter uh, I don't get out as often as enough as I want. Um, I think that's true year round. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't think any outdoorsman ever gets out yeah. enough. <laughs> but don't have kids; yeah, they hold you well, back. <laughs> that's going to be another journey. But like you said, I'll just strap them to my back and take them out with me. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. But, so what started? Right, I love backpacking. I love getting out there. I loved hiking. But the reality of only being able to do that, um, you know, three, four months of the year when it's not snowing. Uh, was was insane yeah. and ridiculous, especially in Edmonton. You're so far north, anyways. And it, welcome to Canada. It's always winter. <laughs> exactly. That's honestly like yeah. you know around Edmonton. There's really not much hiking. There's there's nothing to see. So you yeah. you go to the mountains. That's all you got. And in the mountains, uh, you've got snow from October till yeah. June or July. So you get maybe part of July, August, September, and then maybe October if you're lucky. So Anyways, after basically my first season of backpacking, I was so hooked and I thought, and now I have to just do nothing for the next <laughs> like eight months. Yeah. Forget that. Like yeah. I've got to push past this limit and say, I've got to embrace this winter idea. I mean, I'm so not Canadian. Like I don't even know how to <laughs> skate, bro. <laughs> not even joking like, I, I always blame it on the fact my dad's Californian so I'm like I just got the California <laughs> jeans <laughs> that's but, a good one yeah just a hippie California <laughs> yeah and so but I decided to really push past it and I started uh, I just did a little winter camp out in the river valley in, in Edmonton yeah. close to my parents house and made a, a brutal mistake woke up shivering freezing had to bail home because what my was the mistake so um first of all not a warm enough sleeping bag my sleeping bag was mm. rated to survival minus eight and it was going to get to minus eight that day that night and i thought yeah. ah, i'll survive I'll su <laughs> <laughs> didn't, i didn't really realize yeah. what that fully meant um and I thought I'd be okay because I, I brought an, a, one of those tinfoil emergency blankets. Yeah. And actually, uh, this blanket right here. It's just like this plush polyester um, blanket. I thought adding that into my sleeping bag, uh, yeah. adding that, having the emergency bag blanket if I needed to. And my big mistake was in the middle of the night, I started to get a little cold. And I thought, well, before I get any colder, take that tinfoil emergency blanket blanket and I'll put it inside my sleeping bag with me. 
and no. yeah, and so that created a vapor barrier, which I had yeah. no idea even what that was. <laughs> I wake up half an hour later, just drenched, drenched in sweat, and drenched in sweat, <laughs> and shaking, like just shivering. And that yeah. was, I kind of tried to suffer it out for a couple of nights. That was my birthday. That was literally my birthday. Yeah, I remember that video actually. <laughs> yeah. And so I woke up just deciding, no, I can't do this. Three o'clock. I booked at home. My parents lived close to the river Valley. So I just, I left everything and I just got in my boat, my boots <laughs> and hiked home or hiked to my parents' house and just slept on the couch. Um, and that was a horrible experience. And you'd think, why would this person ever go back out there? But something about that experience made me realize, okay, I knew what I did wrong. Mm -hmm. I know what I can do better. And I can't wait to get back out there. And keep, yeah, it's winter backpacking is very technical. It's survival. Of, it is, yeah. it is survival. You got to really there's a couple of tips and, and hope maybe we can, we can talk about them and maybe you, you'll learn some, maybe totally. you already know them, but, but there's, there are definitely some, some skills that you need to learn yeah. to be able to, to succeed at a backpacking trip. And to be quite honest myself, a lot of people are like, man, it's way too cold. You're going to be, I have not been cold in a winter backpacking trip in years now. Wow. Like really and i slept like last summer i slept uh, last summer last this february we were sleeping all four guys we were in the in the adirondacks um my there's a trip video about it and we slept at minus 35 both nights wow. and i didn't get cold none of us got cold there are techniques and approaches and gear that kind of prevents you from being cold now for my listeners might be yeah but you froze your toes off there's in <laughs> in in 15 years in 15 years of winter backpacking, and my winter backpacking career started when I was 18, mm -hmm. climbing Mount Washington here um, uh, in the Whites. Wow. And uh, in all of those events, okay, at first I would get cold, but only one time did I freeze my toes. But I froze them so bad. Mm. I froze them so bad, and, and I lost sensation throughout the day, and I didn't see it coming. It took five to six months for me to get feeling in six of my toes. Wow. And since that event, which was two winters ago, that is something I constantly have to manage. Mm -hmm. But if you take the feet away, which was a, a mistake in itself and, and a flu, there's a, a hundred reasons why perhaps this happened mm -hmm. because it's, it's kind of, it was kind of odd because I'd used these boots in the past for the same kind of trips. I'd never had problems. I always hike. A lot of people are like, oh, you froze your toes off because I used to hike in, in three-season boots and layer off with, with, with socks. Yeah. And I did this for like 12 years up until that time, never had any problems. And then for whatever reason, that day was cold. Uh, perhaps the night was a bit colder and then my boot got super frozen. And the party I was with uh, was a little slower than what I'm usually used to hike. But in the wintertime, you don't split up. You kind of stay yeah. as a team. It's, it's quite important for safety. So um, I never really warmed up hmm. as well throughout the day. And I think, what ended, I think the kicker was ultimately was I, I put a second layer of socks because my boot was so cold in the morning. I was like, man, this is, this is rough. And I think the second layer of sock actually cut off my circulation. Oh, I see what you're saying. 
And then between me trying to figure out, is it me that's just feeling the cold or me not warming up or am I cutting circulation? And then you hike 10 hours straight and like you're in really tough situations like like mount, mountaineering, like climbing situations yeah, no, where yeah. like you're literally hanging off with your crampons in on the on the the, the slope and your heels are yeah they're, 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 in, <laughs> they're into nothing right so we're climbing it's not like i have time to do all that but um i should have though and i did learn my lesson but other than that event which is very specific and it's i i i've never been i i am never cold backpacking hmm. in the winter and uh there's certainly you know a few a few tricks uh that that helps and one of them is uh, you've probably heard the good old slang, you know, you sweat, you die yes. sort of deal, yeah. right? And it's it's so true, but it's impossible not to sweat. So there's thank so you. There's one more step to <laughs> thank that, you, right? So, I'm a sweaty guy, <laughs> so I have literally thought about this and been like, this this ain't possible. Like I could be naked yeah. out here and I'll be sweating, <laughs> like, especially in the daytime. Like easily in the daytime in the winter, you could get to you know minus ten, yeah. minus five if you're in the sun, yeah. and then it'll go down to minus forty at night, like easily, yeah. right? So um, so there's there's an extra step to that. You can. There's just a difference between the, and in the summertime, a lot of people will hike with very minimalist clothing, right? Yeah. So they'll bring one set of clothing, they'll stay in there, and that's fine because you don't have to worry too much about that. But in the wintertime, there is a skill that you need to learn, and that is you have to learn how to dry, especially your base layer, hmm. by wearing it. Yeah. And it sounds kind of odd. So as you're hiking all day, you're going to be sweating and kind of perspirating through your, you know, your, your mid layer and your shell, yeah. right? You're going to get to camp. You have to flip your shell inside out first off because everything is wet in there and it's all and what you want it. You want it to, you want it to freeze so that when all you got to do is you, sn you kind of like whip it huh. and all the, all the ice just comes off of it yeah. once it's all frozen hmm. on there. So now you, so now you don't have water inside your, your shell anymore for the next day. Yeah. Right. So that's, that's one of the things for your shell. But the second is when I get to camp myself, I have a down setup mm. that I've bought over the years. Uh, but the la so I have like my big uh, North Face parka. Yeah. I can be in 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 a t-shirt at minus twenty five in there. Wow, and 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 I'm surviving. Yeah. So so that's that's and that's an expensive parka. It's like six hundred dollar yeah. parka. Like it's very technical parka. So you can get away with with layering with other stuff. It's just for me over time because I go so often. I did decide to kind of invest yeah, in yeah. one of those. And then last year I got myself a pair of down pants. Hmm. And I got those on Amazon from AG Max, oh, right? Yeah. Uh, the, that company that makes, and they are insane. So what I do is I get to camp, I take my mid layer off, I take my shell off, I hang it so it freezes literally. Yeah. And then what I do is I is I I'm in my base layer, I get into my down setup, and just your sheer heat, because now you're not moving anymore, your body's a furnace itself. Yeah. If you hang out for about an hour, you should be able to dry, especially if you have like uh, merino wool uh, base layer. But even if you have polyester base layer, it'll work. Yeah. Fleece base layer. Your body, the heat of your body should dry most of it by the time you actually go to bed. Yeah. So that's one way to keep. And, and it sounds silly and simple, but at the same time, most people don't know that you can dry your stuff like that. Yeah. So that this way in the morning, you're not starting with wet, wet cold clothes. You're starting with dry clothes. Yeah. And that's something that I'm still right. like, I haven't done many, I haven't done any multi days. I've only done a single overnighter. Yeah. And so it's, 
it's okay to like wake up suffering in cold clothes yeah. and you're like, well, I just got to get my breakfast, maybe lunch and hike out. Um, but I've thought before the clothing, two of the things that I've learned so far about winter camping is, uh, first of all, it is a form of survival. I, I said that earlier. It's yeah. different than backpacking. Backpacking is fun. It's easy. Yeah. If you can walk with weight on your back, you can backpack. <laughs> like, it's chill. It's camping. But yeah. winter backpacking is—it's a form of survival, and you've got to—you've got to get all the bare essentials down. You got to assess your your the situation constantly. Yes, and so it kind of keeps you in a headspace. You can't ever—not not that you can't ever. But it's not as easy to just kick back. Oh, there, I'm done. It's yeah. do I have enough water? Am I thawing the water? Am I overheating? Am I like all these things? Um, what's the weather changing? But then the other thing that I've really learned is it clothing really matters. And I haven't dialed that in yet. It's funny that you mentioned down pants. Uh, I was literally just talking with Justin outdoors um, about yeah. a pair of down pants that he's bought and he's testing out. He really uh, likes. So I was looking at the Aegis Max too. Um, so I was thinking I might, I might invest in those. The, my, one of my issues is I'm a really cold sleeper just in general. Um, okay. I just, it's, I sweat like crazy, so but if, I, not when yeah. I'm sleeping, I sweat like crazy during the day, but I'm freezing cold at night. However, I have figured out the, at least I think I have, maybe it's not perfect, but I have found a <laughs> system that I'm really happy with that keeps me super warm. My warmest nights in the backcountry have been in the winter. Nice. Very yeah. nice. So you've dialed that in. One, one thing that most, so two things I want to come back on first, the AG max yeah. pants for 78 or $80, they're under a hundred dollars. Yeah. They are so, I don't see why I would buy anything really? else. Like I could, and, and for a guy that's been out in the winter in really cold situations, you don't hike in this, by yeah. the way, you just, you literally get the camp, camp. you kind of undress and that's kind of what you wear as you're walking around. And if you down booties as well in the winter, I could never go without down booties hmm. anymore because it just gives it, cause you get to camp and especially the NEC down booties, they yeah, have like yeah, a yeah, sole yeah, yeah. underneath that you can yeah, walk on those. the snow. So you literally, I strip into my base base layer. I put my down my. I always have an extra pair. I actually keep when I get to camp. I keep the socks I was hiking in, so dry I can dry them the yeah, same way. Smart. So so I go into my down booties, into my down pants, and the AG Max down pants. I I don't. I cannot foresee a pair of pants performing better than that. It's super small, super lightweight, but yet the downfill is eight hundred. I know that it's like you know Chinese downfill, but the the reality is that. Your legs are never half as cold as yeah, your body. Yeah, that's true. And you can right? handle it. So more. if you have a really, yeah, you can handle it more. So for me, I would like I don't want to spend two hundred fifty, three hundred dollars on down pants when literally that pair of pants. Like, and I'm all for like budget yeah. gear. That's one of the budget gear that's like that's like the same as the BRS stove. It's like yes, huh. it's it's awesome. Don't you don't need more. You can get yeah. more. It's fun to have you know bigger, better stuff. That's great. And it's not necessarily the best, but honestly, I don't see why you would need more than that. I was person. looking, I was so actually looking at a pair that's yeah. even cheaper. They're like 25 bucks on AliExpress <laughs> and they're, Justin recommends yeah. them. And he, that guy does his gear research. So I was, I, oh, has, I had already looked at the Aegis Max and then he sent me these ones and I was kind of like, 
Man, if Justin says these ones are good, but I got to look at the weight because I, I know he's using his a little bit more. He's a warmer guy than I am, and he's using his yeah. more during the summer, like they're like a summer camp, you know, mm. shoulder. No, mine, mine were for minus yeah. forty. It's like, can I go as cold and as I, I can, and and wear that? So, so that's that's one. And then the second thing about your sleep system that you talked about, you said you figured out your your kind of setup. One thing that for me I've neglected for far far too long is ground yeah. insulation. Is understanding the value of having, for example, that foil blanket that you yeah. had, um, you putting it underneath you to create that oh, vapor yeah. barrier. Yeah. I do that now between the ground and you. I never like only actually only in the last like three years i've dialed in my ground hmm. game more because nowadays the tents come with yeah. a ground sheet what sleeping right? pad do you so use the first time so now what i so i used for the longest time and i did fine for like i said 12 years uh with the uh, mec reactor 3.4 or through something like that and then last year was it last year yeah last year i i kind of splurged when the um when Thermarest changed the, their yes. valves, right, the, from the wing valves, I got myself the X-Term and the yeah. X-Lite for like a dime and a dollar, to be That's honest. Awesome. So it was just, I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't, I think I got the X-Lite for, I want to say $130. Yeah. It was Dude, insane I passed cheap. up an and, X-Term for 130 bucks, yeah. and I am kicking Oof. myself. Yeah. Um, I had yeah. looked at it and I hummed and hawed and I thought, nah, I had just bought a new sleeping pad. So I was like, well, I'm fine. And I'm not like the sleeping pad I have isn't bad, but I, the X therm would have taken me through the winters. Oh, it's the Ugh. bomb. It's the bomb. Yeah, it really is. So, um, just, you can still check it out because depending on the yeah. different stores across the country, if they still have the yeah. old one, the old valve, they're selling them off at least 20% off. So I know that uh, for actually for the vi- I'm right now I'm, I'm releasing like a backpacking for beginner oh, yeah. series yeah. over the last two weeks and then the next four sort of deal and I was looking at kind of the X-Lite and all that because that was one of the only piece of gear that I tell people if you're going to splurge and buy one piece of gear of high yeah. quality like out of all of them I for me it'd be it'd be your ground yeah. game for warmth but also for comfort so anyways I was looking at on amazon.com for the X-Lite and there was still an availability, like you could still buy it way cheaper with the old wing, with the old valve. So if you look around, um, you might be able to get your hand on. Yeah, one of it's those. interesting. So I'm looking. I'm such a cold sleeper. I'm actually looking at using the X Therm potentially as a summer. Yeah. Uh, even. And just reduce your your the size yeah. of your sleeping um, bag. I'm gonna. I'm hoping to switch yeah. over to a quilt. Um, hopefully this season, for sure. Next season. Next season, I'm hoping to do the GDT. Uh, which is the through hike that goes all along Alberta and BC. The the rock nice. is there. It's about 1,200 kilometers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Ooh. so I definitely need a lighter setup there. The Great Divided uh, Trail. Yeah, sorry. Divide yeah, yeah. The Great like Divide Trail. I should probably yeah. use the full name. But yeah. So 12, 1,200 kilometers, kilometers or miles. So how long does that take usually? But there's a ton of elevation yeah. on that ridge. Like it's... It, the whole way up and down you're just constantly (laughs) going up and down um i don't actually know what the total elevation gain would be i would really like to find that out now but how long how long do people anywhere it's usually anywhere from you know 45 to 60 days is what they recommend they're the fastest is somebody's done in 22 days but most people take you know that that 45 day you know to 60 day mark so and how many kilometers would you average a day give or take well, that's actually something um, 
you know, I'm still definitely in the planning phase. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I actually am testing myself this year is going to be the nail in the coffin of whether or not I can even do it. I'm doing a fastest snow in time, an FKT attempt in the Canadian Rockies that would be 40 kilometers in 12 hours. Um, and it's got wow. 2,000 meters of elevation gain, 2,000 meters of elevation loss. And I figure if I can't do that with a full backpacking setup, then there's no way I can do the GDT. Why do you go with a backpacking setup in the concept of doing an FKT? Because I'm not really doing it to make the fastest time. I will be the fastest time because I'm setting the time. So that's that's <laughs> <laughs> a little cheat there. Um, yeah, yeah. But it's mainly just to see if I can do that many kilometers on a backpacking trip. If I can, because it's I actually see. part of the GDT. Um, yeah, but 40, 40, it's it, depending on... See, the thing, it, elevation is so huge, right? Yeah. When you do your calculation. So like doing 40 once, it's fine. It's doing it 30 days in a row. That's hard. Exactly. And I don't think, I, I would aim to do probably about 20 kilometers a day. So yeah. um, considering the amount of elevation, I think, yeah, that's probably, because yeah. the Rockies are just like up, yes. down, up, It's down. totally something that a lot of people in the state side, and I don't know actually much about the mountains out east. I actually... <laughs> I feel like such a loser. I only just recently found out that there's Canadian mountains out east. Um, somebody was talking about it. And then I think I actually heard you talk about it on one of your videos. And I was like, peak bagging. And I was like, out in, in Quebec? Like, what's what's there to peak bag in Quebec? What are those French guys doing out there? Yeah, we, we have a, a decent amount of... Like, we have some... The eastern township that we call them, which is literally all along the... Um, the border of Quebec and Vermont yeah. and Maine and all that. So like that, the Appalachian continues, keeps going. Exactly. Right? So, so the AT, like, so the real AT goes from, what is it? Uh, Maine to Georgia, yeah. something like that, Georgia to yeah. Maine. But the Appalachian, the Appalachians themselves, they start in Newfoundland. Yeah. That's, that's where the mountain range starts and it goes down. And then you follow like the, co like literally the, um, uh, I guess the state line, all the way down, then you start going down when you hit Maine. So, I mean, the best mountains are more going to be, well, the best or the, the highest mountains, like obviously in Maine, the whites, yeah. it's probably the, the top notch. But on the Quebec side, like, you know, you have uh, uh, Mount Gosford. That's kind of cool because apparently the line, like the um, the border is literally on the oh, peak. That's cool. So you can, like you can be on both sides, yeah. if you will. Uh, but uh, and then you have the Shikshok up in the Gaspé area, which is uh, I want to do the long traverse eventually one day, mm. uh, which is about I think it's a five day hike in Mont Saint Albert, and there's some decent size uh, peaks. Actually, people go there for touring, like ski touring. Yeah. That's the place to go yeah. in Quebec. That's that's just where you gotta yeah. go. So, um, so there's a lot, there's decent stuff, but for me, I do most of my hiking in the States. Oh yeah. Really? Uh, because be, Just well, like I'm in Ottawa, yeah. right? So Ottawa is about three and a half hours from the Adirondacks yeah. and the Adirondacks park is just like, it's, um, it's, it's, it's a gem to be honest. It's, it's really nice. I mean, I'm sure that the Rockies are probably way better just cause it's way more impressive, but the Adirondacks with the, the whole concept of the 46 peaks above 4,000 feet and the level of difficulty that they bring and the weather patterns, it's, it's, it's a really challenging area to hike in mm. uh, be, uh, for so many reasons. And it's just, it's just so fun. And it's, you've got so many 
mountains to do. And for me, that's three and a half hours, yeah. right? No, I hear you. And then the whites, the whites are about four and a half hours yeah. for me. So like that's where you got Mount Washington and Mount Washington is the deadliest mountain in North America. It's the one that has killed the most hmm. people. So what's really neat about Mount Washington is that you get a really neat experience of, of, um, so first of all, you'll, you'll be above tree line for about two hours yeah. once when you hike it. So it's a long hike when you're above tree line for a long time and they, Mount Washington experiences some of the worst weather pattern yeah, changes in the world. Like it just changes, yeah. right? So doing it in the winter, it is technical. It's tricky. You got to kind of count. It's it's a really fun mountain to do. So, um, so we do we do have some decent, but for me, most of it is 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 in the northeast. The that's states, cool. right? That's cool. Yeah, I didn't yeah. realize that that's where you did most of your uh, your your traveling there. But yeah, that's that's still cool. That's I mean that's yeah, kind of what it is for me. I'm right. I'm three to four hours away from the mountains. So. You know, when you love something, when you love experiencing it, oh, you God. make the sacrifice. You I mean, back. I've I've done things where like Sunday night, I'll drive out, I'll get to the mountains at like 1 a.m., I'll sleep in my car, get up, climb yeah. a mountain, do something, not climb. I, it's always hard using that vernacular because I'm not a mountain climber, but I'm a scrambler, but sure, scramble sure. up a top. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. Um, and then come back down and drive straight home. And I've got to be at service Monday night, a, a church service Monday night <laughs> for 6 p.m. And to me, it's worth it. <laughs> and people are like, why it would totally you do is. that? Because it's fun, yeah. man. I, um, I'm pretty lucky where I'm located. Like I've got like, um, are you familiar with the Algonquin yeah. Park in Ontario? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. So I'm about three and a half hours from the Algonquin Park, which is world-class yes. portaging, yeah. right? And then I'm about two and a half hours from the Wildlife La Vérandrie Park here in Quebec, which is another world-class canoe camping, mm. portaging area. You can go in the Wildlife La Vérandrie. I know people that have gone 14 wow. days in a That's, loop. Wow. <laughs> in yeah. a loop. So you got to think you can go pretty deep. So that's pretty neat. And then I've got the Adirondacks and the Whites kind of all around. So I have really nothing where I live, really. I don't do anything around yeah. here. Well, a little bit of canoe camping, but nothing crazy. And then I just, I just take the time to yeah. travel. It's so yeah, worth it. Totally. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. It's one of the things that I've noticed yeah. that's interesting about out east. Uh, I don't know if this is as much in Quebec. I know in Ontario, like you've got different creators like Joe Robinette and different people like that. Yeah. Um, I. It's sorry, saying his name like that. I I always in my. You know when you you pronounce a name or some a word wrong, I always pronounced his name Robinet because I uh, I just yeah yeah no you gotta hit the T at well the yeah end and so I just assumed it was a French name and then someone was like it's not Robinet it's Robinette and I was like oh okay <laughs> anyways um, but you know it seems like bushcraft and this idea of just kind of heading out into the bush um, is so much bigger there we've got tons of a boreal forest out here in Alberta, but it's just, it's untouched and nobody goes there other than hunters. Um, mm. It's all mountain game, mountain game, mountain game, mountain game. And so one of the things I would like to start upping my game into one day, the two, two big areas uh, that I want to experience more is mountaineering. Mm -hmm. uh, that's my, my yeah. goal within, after the next year, year and a half, my goal is to almost become pure, just doing mountaineering training and, and nice. travels. And then bushcraft. 
And I love the idea of just mm. heading out into the boreal forest. Yeah, you don't got the peaks, you don't got these massive vistas maybe, but the idea of there's something raw of being in the land. Um, I don't know if it'd be like the, my main hobby, but it'd be cool to do, you know, a little bit of, of training in that. There, there's, there's a small child inside of you. Yes. That remembers building yes. forts, right? So when you look at Joe Robin doing his fort or TA outdoors yes, out yeah. in the UK doing his crazy stuff, Viking yeah. houses, you're like, there's a small part of you that's like, man, I love doing that. I can, as a child, I can do right? that. I can do that. <laughs> I can do that. But then the reality of what they do is that, man, it's so, so much work, right? Remember, I don't know for you, but as a child myself with, with my friends, yeah. uh, when I was like, well, every summer but like when i was like let's say 10 or 12 i remember like we had like found this one tree in this in in the for like in a forest that now it's all residential yeah. houses right but we had found the one tree and we we spent the entire summer building yeah. a tree house right like as a kid like that was yeah. our full-time oh, job morning to night snack biking out there in the trails we'd get to the house and we we had lug whatever equipment so so you know, you look at them, you're sitting in your couch at home. You're like, oh, man, that's so fun. But then you get to it. It's a lot of work. And then on top of that, I was gonna you're say, filming. You're trying to tell the, the story. That's the kicker to me. Like doing it yeah. is one thing. That's intense. But then the filming. And like yeah. I'm kind of the filmer who's like, oh, I'll just like set my camera there and let it just record me for 30 <laughs> minutes as I do something. But yeah. then when you're editing that, you're like, this is so boring. I wish I would have like cut and done a couple different <laughs> angles. And these guys are like, here, let me move my camera over here and do the next thing and move my camera over here. I'm like, man, that's got to take. It does. Yeah, so much. Sure. But I think for, for me here, I'm trying to, I just moved, like I say, I'm, I'm in the Ottawa region, but I, I'm a little bit more north in Wakefield. And uh, I know there's a decent amount of crown yep. land around. So I'm trying to figure, but the problem with crown land where people yeah. live is that there's people yeah. in them, right? So like, but I would like to try to find a place where I would go like, cause my kids are seven and eight. So within the next like two years, uh, for me, what I'd love to do is, especially in the yeah. fall time when there's yeah. no more bugs anymore and it's fun to go out. Like I would just love to find a place where we would go and we would just yep. build our fort and have overnighters there and, and eat good steak on the, on the fire and, you know, move away from the dehydrated yeah. meals a little bit and just experience because I think, I think at, at the core, whether you like to do a little bit of bushcrafting or just going, you know, for camp out in the woods and come back, like it just kind of peels off all the layer of our society that we added on, right? Like a cell phone yep. and responsibilities and bills <laughs> and a paycheck. And then you just go out there and then you peel all those out. And then the only thing you got to do is some of the most like, the most like, uh, like, a, 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 a primitive, it, like basic, survival yeah. things. Yeah. Primitive yeah. things. Right. It's like, I'm going to build myself a nest. <laughs> like animals will spend an entire yeah. season building a nest. Do you know how primal that is to like, I just spent last year building my oh, yeah, house here cool. and I was trying to explain that to people. I'm like, I don't think you guys, cause people will be like, cause I literally physically cool. built it and people are like, you're insane. I'm like, yes, a little bit of that. But at the same time, you have no idea how primal yeah. that is. It's just part of who we are because the accomplishment of building your nest, a place where you're going to go and raise your family and, and kind of try to build something, it's, it's, it's very neat. Just like 
having a garden. You plant a seed and you take care of it, nurture it all yeah. year long. At the end, you, you take it out. It, the carrot <laughs> tastes different. The experience is yeah. different, right? So you go out there, whether you're peak bagging or whether you're backpacking, it just it just kind of brings you back down to what are the essentials. In order for me to survive, yeah. I need a shelter. I need food. Yeah. I need water. And then if you're with other people, it's like, what kind of community are we going to create around yeah. this experience? Yeah, right? and I think that's I think that is actually such a cool way of looking at at, at the minimalist, the stripping it down to reminding yourself that all the extra all the the stuff and the noise of society it, yeah. it's not bad but it's not essential you know it's not necessary yeah. and i think we sometimes believe that lie and that's what that's what consumerism that's what uh that's what they want capitalism, capitalism. wants you to believe right because you need to keep buying things to keep the economy afloat, to keep the economy afloat, to keep the uh, politicians happy, to keep the politicians, like all these things, right? Um, but getting out there and just being like, I don't, I don't need that. And it's so refreshing yeah. to just be able to say, like, like you said, I, I can survive with less. I, I can, I can do well with less and be pretty exactly. happy with it. And it, you know, yeah, it's not a long-term thing and you might not be able to live that way, but when you come back, it makes all the little things sweeter. You know, because all oh, of a yeah, sudden you're like, sure. "Man, running water is nice," you know? And that matters way more <laughs> than my Twitter feed. You know, I'm so much more thankful for my oven right now than I am for my Facebook, yeah. you know? And yeah, I think that's I think that's like you said, it's primal. I think it's 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 healing. I think it comes back to this idea of even personal responsibility. Uh, I think that's something that we've lost mm -hmm. in society, and 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 you know, I I'm not a I don't follow these different people, but you know, I, I've talked to people who are big into Jordan Peterson and and whatnot, and the idea yeah, of yeah. coming back to accountability, accountability, he exactly, talks a lot about personal that, yeah. responsibility, um, and I think. Yeah, Make your room. I think that matters. And yeah, I think we've lost that yeah. in a world where we can buy it, we can get it, we can, you know, instead of having to come back to that point where I, I no, 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 I, I don't have to buy, I can do it and I can make it. And, uh, you know, I'm not, yeah. I'm not the best at that, but it's, it's little bits that you learn here and there. No, you're right. And, and it's, uh, there's, there's so much value in putting in the work, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. for example, you know, you, you can go to a very simple backpacking example. You can go and buy your mountain house meal or you can yeah. make your meal and dehydrate it at home. Yeah, and, it's on my list of things to do. I'm going to get there one yeah, day. <laughs> and the experience, but it, it doesn't matter if you don't do that one, but the experience is very different when you consume it, right? Yeah, and it's totally. like we live in this society or in this world where we're, making everything simpler and simpler and simpler. And we have forgotten the value of yeah. hard work. And then we say, yeah. no, 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 we make all these things simpler so that you can work hard at doing these things. But the reality is that we don't. We don't end up yeah. working harder. We just become lazier and lazier. And we've definitely kind of removed the idea of hard work and dedication is extremely valuable because that's where you you push the limits and that's how you find yourself so you can go on a backpacking trip and uh make things super easy for yourself or you can make sure you you're faced with some kind of adversity and 
you know, it could be as simple as, for example, sometimes I go uh, camping more in like uh, in an area where it's not going to be like backpacking where I have to carry everything on my back or it's going to yeah. be just like for a one night. So I can yeah. carry like 60 pounds. I don't care. Yeah. Like it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not far. It's one night. I'll come Sometimes back. you need that rest. And yeah. Just it's a vacation. So, so we'll do that. But then it's like, you know, sometimes it's like, well, let's bring a Dutch oven, for example, and cook something nice in the fire and we'll pre-cut all the vegetables at home. And I'm like, let's, what else do you have to do out there? We don't need to prep everything at home. We can do it all out there. Like, it's fine. Yeah. Like, we can do it on a log out there. We can, you know, we can. And it sounds silly when I say this is hard work, but the, the idea is that, you know, accountability, hard work, uh, pushing through ad adversity. Like, for me, these are all uh extremely important things that i get out of the backcountry whether it's backpacking or portaging and it's one of the things that i try to teach you know my kids the most through those events so when charlotte was five and a half i think it's five and a half and four and a half so they're 11 months apart but so it's either five and a half six and a half four and a half five and a half i can't remember the, the time it's a few <laughs> years it's a few years already but we went to mount mansfield here in uh vermont in vermont and it's not a, you know, it's maybe a three hour hike top to bottom w with adult max. It's, it's a nice, it's a really nice hike, very accessible. So we brought the kids over there, went with my cousin, with all four of his boys. It's early, uh, it's at the end of May. So we get there and obviously at the end of May, at least around here, everything is wet, right? It's muddy yeah. and wet. And honestly, like within five minutes of the hike, we get up, the kids are already wet. Done. Like <laughs> yeah, both, yeah. both shoes wet just wet and then and now we keep going i keep encouraging them and now we're in <clears throat> rosie for whatever reason she was so excited to be out there with her cousins and all that like they're just having fun she forgot to tell me she had to pee so she peed her oh. pants <laughs> yeah. so now i'm like so now i'm like okay so i i sit down with her I'm well like, at least she's you know, warm <laughs> yeah i said i said don't worry about it you know i don't i don't care so yeah. well, you got two choices either you you take your underwear off and then you put your, your pants on and then, yes, they're wet, but they'll dry as you go. It's going to be uncomfortable at first, but they'll dry eventually. Yeah. Or I said, or you can just take your pants off and keep your underwear and just kind of we'll, we'll hike and then I'll, I'll make your, your, your pants dry, right? So dry. anyways, all that to say, we spent eight hours on that mountain. <laughs> okay with the kids just encouraging them and just pushing them they're wet rosie submitted in her undies both of the kids submitted it's a four thousand foot uh, mountain they both came down and after eight hours i was so proud of them because the, of the adversity of every little step that they had to go through i just i don't think i can teach them the value of hard work yeah the way that that mountain taught them that like of the value of like, yes, it sucked yeah. for four hours to climb because we were wet, but then it was worth it up there. And then what I did once we got back down, because it was car camping. Yeah. What's neat about that that place is that you can literally car camp at the base of the mountain and have a up. really nice mountain. That's cool. And uh, so I took out one of the rubber maids that I bring all my, my, my gear in and I boiled some water and I made them a bath in there because they were just so like wet all day long and all that. So, so just to kind of reward them, but it, you you really Talk about a memory I, though yeah but i don't know how i could have taught them that you yeah. know what i mean like outside of that experience yeah it's man the mountains have taught me so many things um i wish i wish that i could say that they've made me a more diligent person maybe they have and i haven't really fully noticed it um but one of the things that i've even taken away from my mountain climbs is this idea of um being 
being ready, but not in the way that you probably think that I'm referring to, because I feel like there's been so many times in my life where I feel like I'm not ready for the next thing. I'm not ready for the next. Mm. I don't have all my ducks in a row. And, and, and that's just life. I feel like nobody yeah. ever thinks, and now I've achieved, you know, it's everyone's <laughs> always looking for the next. And you feel that. And for me, I, you know, the Lord's spoken to me and, and used this imagery of mountains. And you get at the base of a mountain and you think you're ready. Mm. But you're not. You have no idea what you're about to face. You yeah. think you do. You can see the top and you're like, yeah, I can get there. And you start, but you didn't know that that was the false summit. And there's a summit beyond that one. You didn't know that there was this patch of trees where the snow is so deep that you, you thought you were going to be hiking up a trail, but now you're in snow. Um, yeah. But you're at the base and the idea isn't, are you ready to jump to the top of the mountain. The top of the mountain looks impossible get, to get to when you're at the base. But the question is, are you ready to take that next step? Yeah, are you ready to take the next step and the next step? And when you hit that moment where you're like, whoa, I wasn't prepared for this. Well, can you push through for the next step, for the next step? Or sometimes you need to make the right choice and, and, and turn back. I mean, sometimes yeah, there's yeah. a safety thing. But, but most often, it's yeah. can I push to make the next step and that's what gets you to the top. And so sometimes I've been paralyzed by this idea of like, you know, I'm not ready. I don't have it all together. I mean, even here on YouTube, even doing things yeah. like, right? Yeah, talk to me about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually taking this, the course that I was taking right before this is a YouTube course. And, and I'm learning so much from that. And it's the idea of, okay, I've got what I need in my backpack. Yeah, there might be some surprises along the way. Yeah. I don't have to be ready to be at the top of the mountain because that skips the entire journey. What I have That's to be right. ready for is that journey, is the first step, the next and step. The, and I would add to that the open-mindedness of what that's going to bring along the way, yeah. right? Keeping an open mind is so important yeah. so that because next thing you know, uh, you've got a soaker. Now you've got to hike with a wet foot. Yeah. And if you don't keep an open mind, you just you – just, You give up. You give up, exactly. Yeah. So you, you got to really keep an open mind for, for all of that. And, um, it's, uh, yeah. Speaking of like the whole YouTube thing for me, uh, when I was kind of looking at all the stuff, uh, for me, like the whole thing of par extreme, right? Extreme dad. That's what it translates to is, it's just me going out. Sorry. With the kids, I said right? I was going to, I said, I told you I was going to ask you for this. <laughs> How do you say that? <laughs> okay. So extreme, extreme. Right? Yeah. So that's pretty, extreme. that's pretty simple. And then pie. That's the one that like I'm having, the, it's like, so, so. Pair, like pair. you know, if you have a pair of twos, right? Pair, 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 pair. <laughs> I can't. Pair extreme. Pair yeah. extreme. I like usually <laughs> think that I could do a like a, a fake French accent, like not too too bad, because you know I've had to take French in school and whatnot. But every yeah. time I've heard you say that word, I'm like, I don't know if I can nail that one. And I say pair, it so fast too, pair, right? Pair extreme. <laughs> And it's so funny cool in I like my that. journey. Extreme father, I didn't, I didn't know. That's yeah, that's. So the 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 and the idea of why I came up with that name initially is that you know, when I first started this, I only had a website and I would take pictures of me and the kids doing their art trips and kind of put it on a GPX file uh, on Google and kind of have like all the pictures along the trails and and um, I wish I had started earlier because I started to do all these trips with the kids when they were like three and a half and two and a half. Yeah. Like my first bike packing trip with Rosie, uh, she was in diapers twenty four seven. 
<laughs> and we did three Love days uh, on the on the, one of the um, uh, one of the trails here, bike packing, and it was awesome. So so that's kind of how I came up with the name because people thought I was crazy. I love and it. Um, that's like totally and then the type of dad I want to be. I don't know if my <laughs> wife would ever. I'm not married, but I don't know if future wife, the future misses, will allow it. But I hope she does because that's something I'd love to do. Well, yeah, for me, the deal with my wife was that you can do all of that, but you got to bring the kids <laughs> with you. <laughs> deal. That's kind of how it started. Yeah. And I'm, I'm very lucky because my uh, oldest cousin, who's 10 years older than me, okay. he's always been a, a huge role model to me, like kind of like he, when, when I was 16, he was 26, he used to bring me whitewater kayaking with him. And a lot of, uh, actually, most of the winter backpacking skills I've learned from his stories because yeah. he was telling me all the time it's like summers for whitewater kayaking winters for backpacking yeah. <laughs> that's kind of how it started i was super young when i heard those oh, things right crazy. so that's kind of how i got into it and he has four boys yeah and the youngest is the same age as my youngest oh. and the oldest is 13 give or take yeah. so that's kind of together that's kind of he actually inspired me quite a bit to, to start doing it with him because i would hear his stories i'm like dude i'm totally that's in, so right? cool i love it so then we started to do a lot more and um it just started like that, but and then when I started to do a YouTube channel, because at first my first couple of videos were in French, just because I did them just to see like, yep. you know, is would that be a fun memory for me to have later? Yeah. Really, that's what it was. And people loved the videos uh, and of friends and family. And then, uh, you know, I was like, well, I'd like to make them in English just because it's more like it reach more people. I can inspire more people to go out with their kids and do all of that. And for me, like, I mean, living in Ottawa, if you're not bilingual, it's, it's just hard to get around to be honest. So it's just part of who, you know, it's part of our lives here. So I decided to go this way, but I decided to keep the name for a couple of reasons. Um, number one, it's kind of, it's, it's a cool, like, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a bit of a, uh, it refers to, to cause I'm French yeah. first, right? My first language is French. So, so it's kind of a neat little reference for that. But also when I was having some conversation with some of my friends who are fairly business, uh, they're, they're business wise, if yeah. you will, <laughs> uh, they were like, well, you're the problem with your name. You got two things, with your name first is in French. You're trying to break out into a, an Anglophone, an Anglophone business. So that'll be a challenge. And then second, it's not search friendly, right? Oh, like it's true. not SEO. Yeah. So like nobody searches Pyre Extreme to find someone that goes outside with their kids yeah. or to go outside. Yeah. So, but, but then he told me, he says, but one thing is every single subscribers you're going to get will be as organic as it gets. Yeah. They'll know. Because they'll know. They, they, they didn't search uh, you know, backcountry or outdoors yeah. or camping and subscribe to a bunch of people. They subscribe because they know what Parkextem is and that will, it'll be harder at first, but it'll have value on the long end. Totally. And the other thing too is all of the community, because I've been having a lot of people on the podcast and I'm starting to do a, a little bit of collaborations with people and people, you know, my, the name has caused the fuzz that it has because everybody else are Anglophones. Like most people are Anglophones. I, right? I think it's actually brilliant. I, on this YouTube course, um, he actually says, uh, different is better than better. Okay. Interesting. So the idea of you can be better at something and that's okay. But if you're different than somebody else, that's actually even <laughs> better. And so your name stands out. Um, you can't, you can't forget it. I mean, even if you don't yeah. subscribe the next time you see it, you'll, I know yeah. it's you. 
it's associated with it's just such a, a different unique thing and and that actually totally threw me off when i first found i can't remember where i first saw your videos it may have been in that facebook group but i think i had found i think i'd watched one of your videos before okay. that and it was it kind of even threw me it was like this is a french name <laughs> channel with a, a french guy speaking in english in most of your videos i don't watch all of them so i wasn't 100 percent sure but like that stands out so the next time i saw you in that facebook group i was like uh it's that it's, it's that, that guy. guy. It's the French name channel with an English French speaker with a French English speaking dad. Like it was just, so right. So I mean, it's it, you stand out, and that's that's a good thing. And like you said, you got that. Yeah, that, that's 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 another neat way to put it. So so I'm sticking to it. I was thinking of rebranding eventually, maybe to PE Outdoors, just to make it like you know. But mm -hmm. I'm for sure. And, and it's going to sound super ambitious, but I don't think I would see any value into doing this below 10,000 10, subscribers. I, I like, cause that would mm -hmm. mean that the first 10,000s are as organic as it gets. You know what I mean? Like in that yeah. sense, uh, I'm nowhere near close to that. I don't know when <laughs> I'll hit that. It doesn't really matter. But in my business mind as I'm, cause I, you know, I do YouTube for the pure fun of it. Like, you know, the podcast has yeah. just been meeting awesome people so far, like Justin, Jason, Maddie yeah. and, and JK and Jeremiah like it's been yeah. super fun and Devin and Dan was on as well yeah. like these it's just been a super fun journey but I do have a business lens in in the way I do things yeah. uh long term uh I'm interested to 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 hear who like uh your your YouTube course who are you taking it with is it like Sean Kennel or okay you so got it Sean Cannell's just doing a seven-day channel right, or a seven-day challenge right now uh, that was free, and I thought well, they're why extremely not? valuable. It's, so it's Think Media. Yeah, yeah, and um, you know, right now a lot of it's been surface level, like motivational. You know, you can do it. Start today. You got it. Um, and he's you got to give it to him. He's pretty good at that. Like, imagine exactly it is. I don't know, like when you edit your videos, how many cuts you do. I do a ton of cuts, but oh. he is. He is pretty freaking fluid, man. Like he can just riff and it's pretty dead on. Yeah, totally. And uh, with some of the things right now, like it's, it's been like that motivational stuff, but it, it's been reaffirming some things. And uh, see, for me, um, hmm, it's been a really interesting journey. I don't think I can, I don't want to fully get into it because it's been such a long journey on YouTube. Um, How long have you been on YouTube? Well, just two and a half years, so it's not that long, but it's been a, no. a, such a change in process, right? It started me and my buddy. So me and my friends started this channel together. And originally, I didn't want a YouTube channel. He did. And so our, <laughs> our deal was he was going to do the YouTube. I was going to do a blog. I wanted to tell my story of how I was just starting backpacking and what I was learning and the, the journey and the gear I was taking and and he was like, wow, we should do YouTube. And I was like, who's going to watch our YouTube videos? We released <laughs> three videos and they just blow up. Like they're doing, like they didn't, like not viral, but like they just consistently are doing awesome compared to a lot of other channels that I've seen start. And I learned two things. I learned, I learned a lot of things. I learned I really don't <laughs> like blogging. I'm really, really results orientated. So I need to see results. And I would have my blog and I only did like a handful of blogs. 
and like two people would like wa- watch them and I was just or read them and I was just like yeah, I can't <laughs> I can't do this. But meanwhile, I'm getting hundreds and even thousands of views on these stupid gear review videos and it like started to connect so then I wanted to start getting in the YouTube but my buddy was like whoa 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 like YouTube's my space. You're supposed to be doing vlogs, Jesse. <laughs> so there's some creative differences and then he's very business minded. He's so like, we're going to do this. We could get big and we could quit our day jobs. And for me, it was like, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. Like for me, it's, I'm here. This is fun. I want to help people, but that's not where I'm at. And that kind of helped us really see that we weren't on the same page. And so he actually left the channel. I took over. Um, I actually bought the channel from him just to make things kind of an even clean split. We're still really close friends. Um, but then all of a sudden something changed inside of me and all of a sudden yeah, yeah. it did be, it started becoming this like, well, how could I make this a business? Could I do? And it's been a roller coaster since then, but I just feel like I haven't been really consistent in anything that I've done. And so taking this course, um, it's been informative in, in reshaping it and me deciding, is this just going to be a hobby or is there more to it? And I don't know if I have that answer yet. But one, going back to this idea of, of climbing mountains and the perseverance of yeah. sticking with something, and that's something that I've really seen a lack, if I'm honest, in my YouTube side of things. Um, mm-hmm. And it's so I was thinking about this earlier as you were talking about. It, I was I was kind of getting like, oh yeah, I feel that. I feel that. <laughs> I can climb. I didn't mean to. No, do that. it's good. It was like I can climb a freaking mountain. But the idea of posting content regularly intimidates me. Climbing that mountain yeah. seems overwhelming. Interesting. And well, let's let's address this as honestly as it is. It is overwhelming. Yeah. Like I am. So I started January first. So I release every Wednesday. Yeah. Okay. You started January first, but you started before January first. Because you, oh, you, you have yeah. to have been yeah. thinking about this. Because I, I went back and I saw some of your videos. And Amy was even watching like your social media outrolling. I'm like, hey, I'm coming. It's going to be a thing in January. I'm like, this guy is okay. like prepared. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you're totally calling me out on my platform. I love it. Okay, let's, let's, let's talk real. Yes. The, so first of all, the YouTube channel on January 1st of 2020 already had three videos. Yeah. Two of which were French, yeah. the first two, uh, which was from two summers ago. And then one of which was uh, my, uh, the event uh, was my Adirondack hike where I actually froze my toes off, like the heart. Dude, I got to go back and watch that. that, that. that That's crazy. Yeah, that one is uh, from February 2018. I know 2000 and we just did 2020, so it was 2019. Okay. So anyways, so I did that. So, and I always knew. Because around that time, so sorry, I'm just going back in my head. So I did February 2019 in the Adirondacks, my first Anglophone videos. And then the two canoe trip videos that I did that were in French came the previous summer. So let's say July of 8, 2018. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Right? So, so now, so I did those videos. I, I, that's in 2018. That's kind of when I figured out, hey, there's a Darwin on the trail and a concept of ultralight. And there's, there's, there's this thing online. I didn't, didn't even know it existed hmm. really. And then I met, I met, 
Joe Robinette, like, right? Like, so I found out about Joe yeah. Robinette on his on on his YouTube, and my buddy was watching. I'm like, man, I'm loving, I'm loving this, and doing trip videos for me is by far my the thing that I love doing We're the most. Totally different because <laughs> because the payout for me is awesome. Yeah. Like these are memories. Like it's just like I sit down. They're like home videos on steroids. Oh, I know, right? I. I sit down with my kids and we watch our trip videos together or whatnot. And it's just yeah. fun. Right. So, and if I didn't have a channel, I wouldn't have the commitment to make sure that I produce them. Right. I would have all that footage that would go to Dude, die. On I my have computer. a channel and I don't have the commitment <laughs> to produce those. It's the worst. Okay. But anyways, So, yeah. So, so that's kind of how the idea started. But at the same time, you know, uh, my wife and I, so we, uh, our, our life was crazy. We, we, uh, Charlotte came into our life when we were 23. Mm. Wow. And then from there, it's been kind of like, uh, just trying to figure life out. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> and, and so we were living in, in a triplex that I had bought, that we had bought and, and, and built and all that. And then it was time to move out of the apartment and kind of rent the other yeah. unit and then kind of go on to the next step because we were just it was too small a thousand square foot for four people it's just it's just yeah. tight right so anyway so and then what i decided to do was to build a house and when i started to build this house this project blew up because it turned into well let's start a business with a bed and breakfast hmm. because we live on on a road that that has one of the most popular wedding venue in the freaking province oh, cool. right so like people come down from toronto to get married wow. here right and and bring 200 people so this whole project blew up and then it was like okay well i clearly don't have any time to give to youtube this year but what i ended up doing and that's when you said like you're i'm organized and thought out i i certainly am is i just i started to network then Mm -hmm. so i started to follow uh jk when he was like in his 200 (laughs) dan becker in his 300 And being part of their comments yeah. and having conversations with them, yeah. right? And same thing with Justin and same thing with Maddie yeah. and same thing with, you know, so, and then I started to, to network really early on because I would build a house and I put you guys on my phone, <laughs> right? And I would just work around and then I would, I would say, I would, whatever would be in the questions and I would answer in the comments. And I started to create that just to kind of give me momentum as I, as I would go. And, and then when I decided to start, so I moved into the house in July, I needed a break. I just, I couldn't just start another project right there. And then it had been 12 months of working seven days a week. So I was like, I need a break. And then I decided to start, I was like, okay, I'm going to start July 1st, uh, January 1st. And then what I did is I banked all of, because I did do a ton of camping last, last summer, right? So I banked all of those trip videos. I edited them to kind of give me a buffer so I could get the rhythm of things. And then I have, I had all that content to do a pre, pre-launch, to do a pre-launch, yeah, yeah, yeah. if that makes sense, yeah. right? So, so it, that's kind of the story of how I started. But really, I, for me, I said I started January 1st, 2020, because that was the first Wednesday of the year. And I decided I was going to publish every Wednesday. And, uh, from there, uh, it's been, it's been a crazy ride because it's a hell of a commitment to publish weekly. It's, it's, it's not easy. I was having that conversation with my, one of my best bud, Pierre Antoine, who's has a outdoor therapy as oh, a channel. Cool. Um, and, uh, him and I kind of started at the same time and the both of us were just talking. I'm like, man, we're not even halfway into the year. And it's like, it's yeah. demanding, right? Like it really is. And if you want to publish 
you know, the quality of the content. Like the other thing too, him and I were having a conversation. We spent the first like four months working out the details of the technical side of things. Like I don't have a computer that can edit. I really don't. So I shoot everything on my iPhone 11 and I've become really good at understanding that camera and using like frame rates and, and, and shutter speed and all that to capture the best kind of footage. And then I throw it into my iPad and I, I have a, a Adobe Rush on there, which is like a dumbed down version yep. of Premiere. And I edit everything on the iPad, but it crashes constantly. So it's like the action of creating is easy. It's everything yes. else around that's oh, been yeah. so hard. Oh, yeah. Totally. Right? And I don't want to spend three, four, five thousand dollars for a new camera and a computer yeah. yet. I don't, you know, I I can't justify that. I much prefer buying gear to go yeah. camping because that's the whole point. <laughs> right? Of totally agree. To go yeah. Out. <laughs> yeah. So so that's kind of the story. But you're right to say I was I was prepared because you know Sean Cannell, Graham Cochran, uh, even like yeah. Sonny. Uh, what's her name, Sunny uh, from Vancouver? Yeah. I, I I've been following them the same time I started to network with 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 the with Dude, niche. And you've got to. I don't know if you've seen his stuff or or connected with him at all. But Tim Schmoyer, uh, video creators, um, he has a podcast. Like literally is changing and changed my perspective. First of all, he dives deep into YouTube stuff, but just the whole idea. I mean, one of his big things is like. You can make, you should be able to, his philosophy is like, you can make a living off of having a thousand to three thousand subscribers. There's all these people who think you have to have a hundred thousand mm -hmm. or three hundred thousand. Um, a thousand true fans, yeah, they call it. Right? But not even, he's not even saying you have to have a thousand true subscribers. He's just saying you have to have, you know, if, if you know how to, to create the value and not everyone is in it for that. And that's one of the things that I've wrestled with is like, is that what I want? But, um, but realizing for myself the idea that um, that profit, like you said, profit helps make this possible. There is cost Correct. behind it, and and one of the biggest costs is time. Um, and so, yeah. you know, it's one thing for me to say my hobby is backpacking, but if that that is my hobby, but YouTube is I don't do YouTube just because I find it fun. It is a, I do enjoy yeah, yeah. it, but it's, it's a lot more like a job that I enjoy. And if it's a job that I enjoy, a side hustle, it should pay for that part. You know, the backpacking will always be my hobby. I'm going to do that whether I have a camera, camera Correct. on me or not. But if I'm going to find yeah. the time, find the time, because I, I, I have a limited time schedule as it is. If I'm going to find the time, make the time to make it worth my while. That's what this talk, or this sh uh, challenge is starting to teach me, um, you know, you want to be strategic in how you yeah. do things, right? And 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 you know the concept of lead magnets and building your your subscribe uh, your your email list and all that. Like I just started to do yeah. that myself um, early on. Like I, I created my lead magnet to my website, and I'm starting to build a because you know you've got an awesome system. There's a lot. Like honestly, I could learn a thing or two from you about winter backpacking. I could learn a thing or twenty five about you about marketing <laughs> and and the business side of things. I, I have noticed that. Well, my subscriber count doesn't show that yet, so I haven't listened to me quite yet. <laughs> uh, give it time. Give it time. I remember seeing Justin, uh, Justin outdoors. 
uh, when he was just just had a couple yeah. subscribers, and I remember messaging him and saying, "If you keep doing what you're doing, you'll surpass me in no time. You'll be at 5,000 subscribers before the end of the year." Sure enough, he's surpassed me as of like a couple yeah. weeks ago, and he's got over 5,000 subscribers. I'm I'm betting he'll be way past the 10,000 subscribers by the end of the year. Yeah. Well, Justin, we had a long talk him and I on the podcast, and um, we were talking about how you know he kind of. The thing, the thing on YouTube is you, you kind of have to find who you are and yeah. who you are is what attracts people. Yeah. Right. And, and for him, and it's kind of funny because I had started that tread on his comments a long time ago and I brought it up on the, on the podcast. I'm like, dude, you need a Justin approved stamp. Yes. Like, I love that you idea. Are I love so it. detailed oriented. Nobody can compete with you on that. You need yeah. to just keep doing that and dive as deep as you can. Like, yeah. there's you can't go deep enough in how detailed oriented you are towards gear and towards yeah. you know even even if you switch towards like technique oriented stuff and all that. Um, yeah. The people that follow him, it's because that's what they want. Like it's yeah. so it's um yeah he and he he's kind of found that and that's kind of what he's been diving in quite a bit. So for me, it's been a lot of um trying to figure out who is Marty in all these different mediums, right? Like, because when you go out on a yeah. trip, the way I interact with the camera is very different than when I do a talking head video or when I do a podcast, Yeah. right? So, and trying to figure out who's Marty in this world, if that makes sense. <laughs> and one thing that that's, I've had in the past, so, so I'm, like I said, I decided to put together a backpacking for beginner series because for me, the whole idea is to inspire people to go outside. Right. Yeah. Whether it's can canoe camping, whether it's backpacking, whether it's I don't care. I think the world yeah. would be better if more people would be in touch with nature. That's kind of like yeah. my philosophy. So and I've always been. I've always enjoyed the idea of being an educator a little bit. Yeah. Right. Of, of being able to take people out and, and make, you know, I was a camp counselor for, for years and years for the Tim Hortons Children Foundation. And that's awesome. where like I, I that's where I really fell in love with, you know, teaching kids on how to climb and how to canoe trip and, and teach them how to make fires and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's been, that's where, I, so for me, it's like, well, I'm going to try this education side of things, but I'm not going to yeah. educate people in a way that, cause I'm not a gearhead at all. Like yeah. I barely know <laughs> the specs of my gear. I bear, I, I never weigh my backpack last, last winter trip I did last February. I carried 60 pounds on my back. <laughs> and mind you i had camera gear and, and different things i was trying oh, yeah, out but fair. like i don't even Still, I, I don't even weigh it like i just go right like i just i yeah i'm not gear oriented but what i am good at is to find cheap gear that's really performant and 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 i'm good at bringing people outside and making them having a successful and enjoyment and enjoyable yeah. experience and so yeah. that's what I tried to, to kind of bang, like to hit on that beginner backpacker. I didn't want to intimidate people and have like, well, now you need to spend $2,000 to even get started. No, no, no. Well, that right? that's a huge thing that held me back for so many years. That's mm -hmm. kind of part of my story is for so many years, I wanted to, I wanted to, I wanted to, but I thought you got to have the $350 backpack, the $600, I mean, that's a cheap tent, you know, yeah. the $600 tent, the $700 sleeping bag the, and all of these things. And it was just, I, I can't do that. Right. And so a huge thing for me is, is like you said, is, is 
is bypassing some of the lies that people believe that hold them back. Yeah. And that's that's what backcountry forward means. It started from my own journey. I want to be backcountry forward. I want to start heading towards the backcountry and nice. and helping other people in that journey. So like a totally yeah. like that's um well my goal this year is to do outside more of, that. of yeah outside of youtube outside of numbers outside of all that stuff I, I still probably have to hone in on that a little bit because that's the business side of things <laughs> that i don't like paying attention to yeah but my goal is to get and this isn't a huge goal but it's to get five people backpacking for the first time nice and yeah. i i've already hit two nice um and my, I don't know if there's a lifetime goal or just a five-year goal or something. I have this idea of, of something called 50 first hikes. And it's inspiring or taking people on their first hikes. It could be their first mountain summit. Maybe they've hiked before, but they've never summited a mountain. Yeah. Or maybe it's their first backpacking trip or their first canoe trip or whatever it is. Um, but like you said, kind of in, inspiring people who never thought that they could. Yeah, and and the thing too with and I talk a lot on the on, on the podcast about this, but I think it's it's a point that needs to be repeated. In my opinion, is that you know, if someone wants to start doing anything nowadays, what they do, they go to YouTube, right? Yeah, so they absolutely. start looking up backpacking, they start looking up, and I think there's a lot of valuable, very valuable content. Like if you want to learn how to through hike, you should <laughs> you should listen to Darwin. Like, yeah, don't absolutely. listen to any and and do spend. The money. Yes, you can through hike with a much cheaper gear, but the reality is if you're going to dedicate that much time and effort into something, do it right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's going to make a big difference. But And there is value to all of that, but I, I just sometimes I find that, man, because I've been in the trap where I'm like, dude, I just can't afford these things. Does this mean I can't go? No, no, no. no. Not at all. It's just all. Yeah. and And it's great that the information is out there, but we have to be careful as to these are not necessary. Yeah. You know, I happen to have that gear. I make a gear yeah. review. And as I keep growing, I'll keep buying more and more better and better and better gear. Oh, yeah. It's not like I'm not going to do that. But I'm just saying we have to be careful and say, hey, you can do a lot with the cheaper stuff, right? Yeah. And you can go far. And for me, like I said, with that that series that I started to put together, I got a lot of really valuable feedback. Yeah, like awesome, like my first my first the part one got me like 20 subscribers and for me that's yeah. huge like yeah that's awesome that's huge huge right yeah. so so i'm like okay maybe i've hit a chord that sound that resonated that was kind of true this is yeah. kind of the the marty that 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 i'm true to myself and people can see through that does that make sense because yeah. yeah, if no, i know totally if i try to do gear reviews the way justin does them nobody will ever listen to me because <laughs> i'm just not that person does that make sense yeah yeah totally and I mean, and that's one of the things though that I do that I've been reminded of and I've, I've seen even in my, like, so I love the idea of a beginner's beginner backpacking series. It's something that I've thought about doing myself and, and still might do down the road. I've kind you of should. started a, a series of, of like the five systems that every beginner needs to think about. And I break nice. down like the systems, like a sleeping system, your big three, your, nice. um, cook kit, Shelter. your hygiene setter. Mm. Yeah, exactly. All these different things. Um, that's a cool way to break it down actually. Yeah, and That's then not a bad way. Yeah, so I've, I've and and but what I was gonna say and what I love about YouTube is it's that it's the YouTube people <laughs> are gonna hear it from certain people are gonna listen to you and get you and I could create the exact same video word for word and people will be like man the way the way Marty said it like. I love what Marty said. They could watch me and they'll be like, this who's, this, who's this idiot? Like, forget this. 
I don't even care what he's talking about. And it's, it's, they'll also engage with the, the person. And that's one of the things, you know, I've, I've had to push back in my own self of thinking like, you know, it's not necessarily that nobody's done this, but I might hit that one person who could hear it from my voice and, yeah. and understand it in a way that I say it that's different than the way you say it, that it's different than the way Maddie says it or Dan says it and inspires them yeah. to get outdoors. And if I can hit that one person, yeah. you know, going back to that personal accountability, you yeah. know, I've changed one person's life. And that is, that's mind blowing. Isn't it? Yeah. Right. It's pretty, that, that you're, you're so right with this. Like you, we need to, as business oriented as we want to be and as like thought out in our approach that we were trying to be, we need to remember that. Yeah, like exactly. You have the opportunity. Like Sean Kendall says that a lot. He says, you know, yeah. you're only one video away from changing your life, but you're also one video away from making a huge impact in someone else's life. And that's, yeah. that is in a lot of ways, a huge payout. And if, and if, for for the creators, right? Yeah, and it's it that should be enough in a lot of ways, and 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 uh, if we focus on that and helping people, the rest will come over time. Yeah. I'm not I'm I'm not too worried about that. Like for me, it's like, and that's I think I found my voice in that little, in that little series at least. I'm like, okay, I think I should kind of try to ride that wave more. Yeah just uh just try to do that yeah yeah that's cool I, I i like that one of the things again that i'm learning in this course that he's talking about is creating a channel or he didn't really say this but it's kind of what my brain is is as a system and all of a sudden for me i'm a systems guy so it, it clicked mm -hmm. for me i was like if i start looking at my videos as almost employees i'm going to nice. need some some videos that do certain things but i don't need all my videos to do the same thing i don't need all i don't need if a grocery store had only cashiers, it mm. wouldn't be a grocery store. Fair you enough. need a grocery store that has a cashier that has a, um, and so even for you, right, you've got your podcast, you've got your website, you've got the YouTube channel. Um, you even on your YouTube channel, you've got varied stuff, right? So, um, the, the website is just a landing page, by the way. Okay. <laughs> it's just to collect emails and, and give my lead magnet to people. Yeah, for now. But like you said, that yeah. who knows where that's going. And yeah. But the idea is, right, you, you found your voice in this moment, but that might even change in the, next, right. in the next thing. Like you said earlier, being prepared for the journey and being ready to shift as you climb that mountain. Open-minded. That's the word that you used, yeah. yeah. And uh, – and, that's something that has really hit me. Like, again, one of the, I'm feeling like that the conviction from this challenge, he said, most people overestimate what they can do in a year, but yeah. almost all of them underestimate what they can do in two to five years. And I thought, wow, that's me. Cause in my first year, I actually had a really low expectation. So I underestimated what could happen. But once I kind of like surpassed my expectations, I was like, well, where do I go from here? I mean, like, I'm still shocked that I have 5,000 subscribers. I don't think I deserve that many. Um, and I'm kind of like, I almost feel overwhelmed by that. Like, well, what do I do? Like, I've barely been trying. I don't even know what's going on. And all of a sudden that shift of being like, okay, but what, what could, if, if I had been as diligent for the past year, yeah. where could I be? How I'm trying to impact five people's lives 
this year, had I been more diligent, perhaps I could have impacted 50 people's lives this year. Yeah. And so now I'm thinking for the future, well, if, who else can I get on this backcountry forward um, movement, this belief that the backcountry is for everyone, that you don't yeah. have to hold back because you don't have the money or you don't have the skills. So this year it's five, maybe next year it's 50, maybe the year after that it's 500, I don't know. But um, that gets me... That gets me. That gets me passionate. That gets me for sure riled up. We're so we're so limited as a species to see in the future. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the concept of time is so hard for us to understand, yeah. and and the value of time. Like yeah. time fixes a lot of things. Oh yeah. And for and and for people like, you know, um, I can't remember who was telling me this, or maybe I, I maybe it was in a funny sitcom or something like that. But it's kind of it kind of illustrates the concept that time does a lot. You know, if let's say you were, you were a kid, I don't know Well, we were all kids, but let's say you did something bad as a kid, right? Yeah. Like, let's say you, I don't know, did pull the prank, whatever you, nobody ever found out. Well, if you were to tell the thing that you did at that time, the bad thing that you did at that time, the <laughs> impact would have been massive. But then, like you know, a year later, you tell you tell them it's not as bad, and then ten, ten years, years later, later, it's funny. Nobody fucking cares. It's right? amazing. You're it's laughing. Like, <laughs> You're just like, this is an amazing yeah. story. Remember that time I lit that building on fire? <laughs> like, right. So, but it illustrates the concept, right? Like when I got into this journey, yeah. I said, okay, this is this is a five year building process. Oh, that's cool, man. Like I'm gonna spend time building this and looking far ahead and see that once i'm that's why you'll go someplace i don't know man. <laughs> oh no that's honestly that's like the biggest thing that i feel like i've lacked is the gumption to plan ahead and mm. to push myself you know i feel like i feel like i've had to use the mountain climbing i haven't been able to see the peak. I feel like I'm just in the woods and I just started in the woods. Um, yeah, yeah. And so to be able to have that, that's where I'm going. And I think I'm just starting to get to that point. Um, but that's what you'll aim for because when you hit the boredom, when you hit the overwhelmingness, when you hit that pile of snow that you didn't expect to be there, yeah. even if you can't see the peak, you know it's there and you're mm. going to push through it. And that's powerful right so that's i do think that's that's you're on your way to success and uh it's certainly a long game oh yeah we we have to play the long game if if your hope you know and i think you know most people would deny it i'm i'm pretty honest with it you know i did start a youtube channel with two folds two reasons one for the memories that it creates when i make my trip videos but yeah. the other one is with a hope of building a business that would literally whether it would be my full-time revenue or a part of it it would at least support my my passion my my, my passion of yeah. just going outside yeah. right and 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 so i can't i'm, I'm never going to deny that like i'm i'm not like a purist like there, there were there were multiple motivations for me to put all that work and effort into this yeah. <laughs> it's just the reality of it and i don't think there's anything to be ashamed of no with that either like for me like if you were to uh you know i i because a lot of people are like, how are you planning on trying to make money with this, right? And uh, people that have no understanding really have a hard time understanding. But to me, like, I have, like, six to eight streams of er 
revenues already mapped out. Like it's like these are possibilities. I don't know if I'll do them. Yeah, totally. But they're possibilities, yeah. right? And 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 these are kind of perhaps what I would like to invest in or, or do this or do that. And and I've thought of these things before. I'm just right now I'm in the face of I need an audience. Yeah. Once I have an audience, I can sell. I can create products. I could I could do so many things, but I you need an audience to start. So I'm just trying to be as generous as I can by giving my time and my 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 you know value providing value and hopefully people find you know these whether it's these podcasts valuable or my because to, to me the podcast first of all it's super selfish it's something i love doing like, <laughs> i i don't know for you but i'm having a freaking awesome time yeah. tonight getting to know you and so that's valuable to me but also i think that for people that's been following you for two and a half years When's the last time you had the opportunity to rent like that? Yeah. To share your thoughts and ideas the way we, you and I did. Like we actually, you know, I didn't expect that at all going into this podcast. Like we dove pretty like, <laughs> I, like we went deep right off the bat, right? And, start, and, and it gives an opportunity for the listeners that obviously care and watch all of your videos every time that comes out to go even deeper and get to know who's Jesse even more, yeah. right? Yeah, it's it's slightly terrifying to be a hundred percent honest. I'm thinking, oh, this this is a very different uh, to even what you said. You know, there's these the the Marty you are on the trail is different than the Marty you are in your yeah. talking heads. I'm thinking this is a very different Jesse than I am in my informational videos. And and uh, but who knows? Maybe I'll get some feedback and people will be like, man, you should do some more deep thinking metaphors with Jesse. <laughs> I don't know, but. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's been it's been a like you like like I said, it's been just a crazy journey, and I I see you on that journey, and even though it's you're kind of just starting, um, you've got a really good map ahead of you, and and that's something that's I love I love seeing that in other people. I love mm. seeing um, Justin grow. I love seeing Maddie uh, grow. Me and yeah. Maddie, you know, at one at one point we're we're starting the same phase and and i just i think that's a guy that like deserves way more recognition yeah. and he's a cool guy is, i had fun with him last week he is such a genuine yeah. solid bro like we've met up once but i okay. guarantee you that if my my car <laughs> broke down i could message him and he would show up yeah. like he's he is such a solid guy and he knows his stuff he's been he's been yeah. backpacking for years anyways so I just I love to see other people hitting success and growing, and uh, you know probably almost more so than I care about my own success, which is probably one of my issues. But um. <laughs> well, you took the first couple of good steps. Like I don't know that many people that take the time to invest into. You know, I call them the coaches, right? Yeah. I said just go listen to the coaches, go see them. Like they have, they provide a lot of value. Like from Sean Kennel, man, yeah. I've learned how to rank videos. From, yeah. from all of his videos. I oh, didn't yeah. even know that was a thing. Like yeah. I didn't, but how valuable is that and how important it is to to rank your video, especially in the first 24 hours so that yeah. you can have more exposure, yeah. right? And uh, so it's, um, yeah, it's it's a crazy ride, but just taking those steps of like, you know, getting onto those calls. Like I've, I've been on like two or three free webinars from, from Sean. Mm -hmm. I think two from Sunny, yeah. uh, another guy I really love. And you know, it's kind of funny because you say, "Oh, you've been you're you're planned and all that," but I I realized the concept of that business model about seven or eight years ago, following a guy named Graham Cochran over on the RecordingRevolution.com. Hmm. He's a guy that just you know ten years ago started YouTube to show people how to record professional music in their home studio hmm. with 
garbage gear, yeah. like just cheap gear. And and he just started to give that out and give that out and give that out. Now, 10 years later, he has a seven-figure business in that world. And then he's like, well, I think I've learned enough of the concept of online business that I could probably teach it. So now he has another brand that's called the Graham Cochran brand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's a great great resource in my opinion he has a, a weekly a podcast he'll talk about a bunch of different things and so so i i do you know educating yourself is a huge part of of any journey yeah for like for, no for me the kicker is taking that next step is being consistent i think yeah i think if i had to use my youtube analogy on the mountain it would be that i have like taken 20 steps up the mountain and gone back down and been like uh, next time and go 20 steps up and i'll be like no <laughs> next time and like i just yeah. And so I, I'm, I'm looking forward and looking for the right motivation of, of pushing forward and finding the consistency. And I think my consistency will look different. I have some ideas even for this year. COVID, of course, threw that all out the window. But, you know, I can't yeah. do the weekly thing. I'd love to. This channel or this challenge, uh, this video course is starting to challenge me in that. So maybe that will change. Yeah. But as it stands, my real goal this year is, is I want to create five series, not a weekly video and I don't know how I'll do that. Maybe I'll release five videos all within one day or five videos within five days, yeah. but it will be five specific videos, five specific series that go to the core of what I'm about, which is helping get backpackers backpacking and helping get those beginner dreamers out on the trail. And, um, I'll do obviously a few one-offs and, and reviews here and there. Yeah. And I, I love doing some, some reviews, but, um, I got to be that consistent. That sounds awesome, man. Consistency. You got you got to dive deep, man. I you have a lot to offer, and I really like your approach. You know, like I said, like I I think it's so valuable for people to see uh, people like you know like you or I uh, in their own experiences yeah. going out with you know not the top of the line gear, just regular gear for regular people, and having a great time. Yeah. And just bring people closer to that experience, and and you need to dive into this because people obviously, people have obviously you know, latched on to you like you've de developed a decent following, and uh, people enjoy that. So you got you have to dive deep, and there's not enough you know like a lot of people, um, we're often like too scared, not scared. We're often like we see other people like bring in like maybe another series and like oh that one was close to mine and then you have that feeling inside of you that people are competing yeah, against yeah. you and you're like no no let it go there's enough people out there for all the content and there's value in people watching multiple yeah. pieces <laughs> of the same content yeah. like how many times have you watched a review of four different people totally. with the same gear yeah. right so the, the consumers do the same and 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 we should all be encouraging each other to create better and better and more valuable content so that you know, the people we're trying to serve gets more and more out of us. Yeah, I, I just want to say, sorry, something just came to my mind totally sort of random. But I want to speak almost for a moment to anyone who's listening to this. And and just kind of, I'm actually going to look at their camera and just say, like, if you're waiting for that moment to start a YouTube channel, I know that we're, we're two backpackers, we're two hikers. Yeah. But if you're waiting for that moment to start that YouTube channel, like, get into it. Do it. Start. Yeah. Like, just figure something out. And then, but further, I mean, you and me, Marty, we're all about getting out into the wilderness. So if there's anybody out here who is waiting to take that step and become more outdoorsy, go on a first camping trip, go on a hike, go on their first backpacking trip, like you said, Marty, you don't need all the gear. You don't need all the crazy stuff. Just do it. 
I agree. Hey, and with that, I think we did an hour and a half, an hour and 45 minutes already. <laughs> it's a bit of a time uh, time warp here. Wow, what um, time is it? Jesse, I, I've had an amazing, amazing time getting to know you. Hopefully, uh, you'll agree to come back on the podcast uh, in some times, and we'll do this yeah, again. Yeah, absolutely. You always shoot me an invite, and thank you so much for having me. And, and uh, yeah, really appreciated this time. Let, let all the folks at home uh, know where they can uh, they can find you and whether you know Instagram Facebook web page YouTube totally uh, the best place to find me is on YouTube uh, following backcountry forward you can search it on there there's also a Facebook page and Instagram Instagram is probably the best way to get a hold of me because YouTube comments they just come and go sometimes I do my best to respond to them but uh, if you need to actually message me I, I tell people I'm always available for people to reach out and message me. So Instagram, Backcountry Forward, YouTube, Backcountry Forward, or Facebook, Backcountry Forward. Sounds good. And I'll obviously leave all the links in the descriptions, uh, in the description for everyone. And in a couple of years, so this year I was supposed to go to, to, to Newfoundland in June with my kids and family and do a bunch of different outdoor stuff there. But then the next place I wanted to go was, was to go in Alberta. And when I Ooh. do, uh, we're going to set up some time aside I, I you know maddie justin yourself we need to get all, all get the canadians together, and, and together. <laughs> get all the canadians i think the only i might be in the backpacking world i think the only one i'm missing is marty to have come on the oh, podcast marty yeah North, no man reach out to him which i haven't i don't think him and i have uh, connected much anyways but i'll, I'll well, have to well he's i mean you guys could do a french edition of the podcast because he's uh <laughs> he's fluent in french he's a, he's a yeah he's a franco ontarian so all right Thank you, my friend. Have a good one.